Good afternoon, every one of you beautiful people out there. Welcome to Susan Harmon Experience. This is Susan Harmon herself speaking, and I have a lot to say today. Hey, Eric, how are you doing today? Good afternoon and happy Friday. I'm doing pretty well. It's a beautiful day here in the Puget Sound. And uh, so, uh, you know, even though we're quarantining still, we're, we're doing okay. Good. We're we're going to be at about 107 today, and some Ooh, stuff is that opening. sounds unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, next week it's going back down into the 90s. <laughs> but it don't shut up. <laughs> it's May. <laughs> I, well, it may get warmer, yeah, and I'm okay. sure enjoy. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's interesting though. It kind of went from spring to summer like in a day. I mm-hmm. mean, it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> what happened? We should have had another week in the 80s. You know? Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, which is uh, real pleasant, real pleasant for us. Even the cats are like, oh, I don't know if I want to go outside or not. <laughs> <laughs> so, which they're usually like, let me out, let me out. I'm like, okay. And I let them out and they, I'm laying in the shade panning. Where's that water dish? <laughs> <laughs> so it's happy here at my house. I'm doing good. Uh, things are uh, somewhat opening here in uh, Arizona. Um, I got an email today from my hair salon saying, oh, are you ready to book an appointment? I'm like, no, I'm not. (laughs) My hair is ready, but I'm not. Yeah, yeah. My hair is definitely ready for a haircut, but uh, we haven't gotten to that stage yet where things are reopening. And I'm going to wait and see what safety measures are being put in place before I do something as frivolous as that. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting to me because um, uh, I one of the main things I want to talk about today are the uh, tremendous amount of misinformation that is going around. Uh, folks, I have some advice. Stay the heck off of Facebook. <laughs> it's just riddled with yeah. nonsense. Riddled, I'm telling you. Um, that has... I mean, if you didn't learn anything from the election four years ago about how Facebook was used to put out misinformation, then you haven't learned much. Um, If you're listening, and I'm going to, I'm naming names here. I don't care. I'm naming names. If you're listening to what Dr. Buttar, B-U-T-T-A-R, has to say, then you're just as silly as he is. Um, When the man says, now he's a, he's a, um, uh, orthopedic a physician when he says if you've had a flu shot in the past 10 years you will test positive for COVID-19 totally completely false they are two completely different viruses okay right so there it, it's nonsense he is an avid uh, anti-vax person. He doesn't believe in any kind of vaccines at all, any vaccinations whatsoever. Now, I'm more of a middle-of-the-road kind of gal. Uh, I think that the uh, vaccinations I got as a child were very helpful, very, very useful. Uh, I had whooping cough and quarantined the whole household in Japan. And I'm telling you, it was highly unpleasant. I was coughing so intensely, I could not, I had no control over my body. My mother was holding me on the floor, trying to keep me from hitting up against the furniture. And I remember this in the dining room of trying to keep me from hitting the table legs of the dining table and, and so forth. It, it was, it was horrible. And I remember as many years ago as that was, I'm not telling you how many years, but as many years as that was, I still have that memory. So the, you know, getting the vaccinations against uh, measles and, and, and whooping cough and, you know, uh, smallpox and all these other things are good. Lots of things that we've eradicated. Exactly. Because of vaccinations are starting to come back now, unfortunately, because of the misinformation about vaccines that is out there by the anti-vaxxer crowd. Correct. Now, at the same time, I think there's a lot of new vaccines that you probably don't need that might even actually cause you harm. So to me, it's like you have to to look and see what each individual thing is that you're talking about. I don't think infants need 40 to 50 vaccines. 
I don't think it helps build the immune system. But I also think you have to use some common sense. Am I making sense here? Well, I would uh, consult with a medical professional. <laughs> Correct. And and I and I def definitely got research agree. behind them. Right. And let's see who's doing that research, too. I mean, these, you know, we, we, we live in a very different world than we had with Jonas Salk. However, we have, a, have a, a friend that has called in, and she has given us information before about how scientists around the planet are ignoring governments and are working together, which, thank you, thank you, thank you, because information and knowledge is something that has to be shared so that we get it right. Uh, and when I hear people say, well, I'm just waiting until there's a, a vaccine. Well, you may have a bit of a wait. It could be a year and a half. Right. Uh, it could be tomorrow. You know what I mean? There's, But I would not get my hopes up on an immediate thing. There, uh, I think Bill Gates said there were like 10 or 12 that are looking fairly good. But it's the fact that scientists are talking to each other. Uh, Pina is on the line, I believe. Yes, I'm here. Hello, Susan. Hello, um, sweetie. Yeah, like I mentioned before, I have scientists in part of my own family that I know that firsthand because I communicate with them. And he told me that that's how they, you know, they're working with the Chinese and scientists all over Europe. And these are scientists, not because they're in my family, but they're considered the top scientists in Europe, not just in Italy. So they do communicate with scientists all over the place because this is what you do. You know, you have right. to that's what science is about sharing knowledge. Yes, yes. So um, anyway, so I'm glad that that I know this kind of information. I don't have to rely on the stupid, you know, Facebook postings. <laughs> yeah. OK, so again, stay out of Facebook. Um, there are a lot of things that are going around. I received an email. I've received several emails. Uh, I ended my response to the this one email by saying, please do not send me any more nonsense. <laughs> Just because yeah. all it does is, is get me to answer you. <laughs> all right. So I think I need to say something about a particular email. I am not going to name the person who sent this. But this is, I'm going to say what uh, what this person said. Uh, he begins his email by saying, I think the virus threat has been way overblown. But I know that this will be over soon so we can all get back to a new normal. First, he says, there were 118,000 people who died of the flu in the U.S. in 2018. That is a false statement. Uh, I looked up the facts. The CDC estimates that influenza was associated with more than 48.8 million illnesses, more than 22.7 million medical visits, 959,000 hospitalizations, and 79,400 deaths during the 2017-28 influenza season. That's a little bit different, isn't it? 79,400 as opposed to 118,000. Okay, so that was his first thing that he said right off the bat, and it was totally incorrect. Um, so then in his email, he went on to lump Sweden, Taiwan, South Korea, and Iceland together and to say that there was no shutdown in these countries. Again, this is a false statement. Sweden. So I do want to say that Sweden... I uh, had 2,586 deaths. I don't know if that's increased since I got these figures because these things move along very fast. While uh, Norway and Denmark had, uh, I think, uh, I think Norway's, I don't remember which is which, but anyway, without any shutdown, with shutdowns, uh, one had 452 deaths, one had 207. These countries are uh, very similar to each other, and, and, and they're all right, all three right there together. So that's a huge difference in deaths from COVID-19 between Sweden, Denmark, and Norway. Take a look at a map, folks, and uh, see, where, <laughs> see where they are. They're all right there together. Um, Taiwan. Taiwan to say that they didn't shut down is totally untrue. The government took swift action earlier this year to contain the disease and provide more than $30 billion in relief measures, sparing businesses and people alike. 
So they learned from uh, SARS, and they went into action immediately in Taiwan. South Korea, now here's, there's a whole article on this. You can go online and look it up. But South Korea and the United States both uh, on February 28th had two different responses. On February 28th, President Trump said that the coronavirus is, quote, going to disappear. One day, it's like a miracle. It will disappear. At that time, the United States had tested around 3,300 people. South Korea, on that date, on February 28th, had tested 94,055 people, according to uh, uh, the fact. In fact, South Korea was testing more than 10,000 people each day, including drive-through testing sites. In one day, from 4 p.m. February 28th to 4 p.m. February 29th, 12,888 people were tested in South Korea. Four times the number the United States had tested over the previous six weeks. As in other countries, that surge in in cases, weights at the hospital in South Korea City were hit hard by the virus. It also caused concerns over shortages of medical equipment, including face masks. However... The scope, scope I, boy, I'm having a hard time reading today. The scope of those challenges was recognized in early March, and the spread of the virus was largely contained. So most of the uh, confirmed cases were clo- located in the vicinity of one city. So we had, on the same dates, South Korea and the United States, two completely different responses. Uh, The shining city on the hill, the United States no longer is. Iceland, the response to the pandemic by Icelandic health authorities had focused on early detection and contact tracing. Now, this is huge. Early detection and contact tracing. Where did it come? Where did you get it? Who were you in touch with that you could have gotten this, right? So they began right away with a ban on assemblies of more than 20 people. Uh, Iceland is restricting unnecessary travel by persons who are not citizens and the and restrictions of countries into areas uh, that uh, there's no formal restrictions. So on 24 January, they announced preventive measures to curb the spread of SARS-CoV-2. See, it's a different uh, different. This is this is how early on that they started. This was in January, uh, arriving with signs of respiratory infection and asymptomatic individuals who had either been in Wuhan for the past fourteen, who had either been in who, who, Wuhan uh, for the past fourteen days, were medically assessed at the airport. From March second, healthcare workers in Iceland were being encouraged to avoid travel and to remain in the country. As of 16 March, and you remember in the United States, around the 16th of March, there was just some, well, maybe we should slow down a little. Uh, there were no official measurements or ban on public ga- gatherings, in fact. However, organizers canceled or postponed a number of upcoming events, including the annual conference of the School of the Humanities, which was set to have taken place on the 13th and 14th of March. On the 13th of March, it was announced that public gatherings so of more than 100 would be banned at universities, secondary schools closed for four weeks. Later that day, uh, were made more announcements were made. Anyway, so Iceland handled it very differently. Uh, they, uh, they, they, they set up special shopping times for vulnerable members of the public including the elderly and those with chronic and underlying illnesses. And I kind of like their timing. They reserve the hours from 9 to 10, not the crack of dawn, uh, for those shoppers. I mean, here they're like, well, you can go in at 6 a.m. to shop. No, that's not right. I don't get up until 7.30, 8 o'clock when I'm getting up early. (laughs) Anyway, just saying. Uh, my own personal agenda there. But uh, as of the 18 March, the whole world is defined as a high-risk area by by Iceland. So they just said, that's it. We're not traveling. We're not doing anything. We're shutting down. Uh, on the 21st of March, they, they put a much stricter 
uh, gathering, no more than 10 persons would, you know, anything over that would be prohibited. So they shut down. So when, when this person who sent this email said, oh, none of these countries shut down, completely, completely wrong, totally and completely wrong. Um, the, the thing is, uh, COVID-19 testing for Icelandic residents in quarantine took place mainly in their own homes. Due to the high volume and tests required, the decision was made to use mobile units parked outside health clinics. So I think that that was a smart move for them to make. Um, it hampered their control and, 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 you know, a shortage of tests hampered their control and tracing efforts. But they continued on. They found 5,000 more swabs uh, and, and reduced at short notice by 3,000. So anyway, this person in the email went on to say, and I wrote in my notes here, another stupid, ridiculous thing, which I wasn't going to say on air, but I am now. He <laughs> went on to say, uh, according to many doctors, the virus spreads when people are in poor health or have a compromised immune system. Hello, where have you been? Under a rock? Asymptomatic people unwittingly can spread the virus. That is why if everyone wears a mask, we are all protected. You know, um, people talk about their liberty. Your liberty does not extend into causing harm to me or others. You know, I don't see anyone out there protesting wearing a seatbelt. Does that not restrict your liberty? Oh, but there are people. <laughs> when when the seatbelt laws came into effect, there was lots of people that protested. Uh, uh, and, and now I we've didn't... seen years and years of the public good that it's done. Those people have finally kind of shut up, but well, they were there. I, I was one of those people. I'm like, well, it's my own business if I wear a seatbelt or not, but I didn't go out and, and, and risk anybody else's life in demonstrating about it. Well, and I didn't demonstrate either. Yeah. And the latest from scientists, they're stating, because now their children infected, they found out, right, that any child over two should wear a mask. So from two on. Right. Right. Uh, we just had a, 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 a very, a, a one-year-old die here in Arizona from COVID-19. Oh, yeah, so that's a very, they've kept the, to give the family privacy, they've kept the uh, the name, uh, you know, quiet. Um, so he said, this is, and I've already proven with the things I've said that this following statement is patently false. So what he said, so instead of staying at home in these countries, the government has been urging people to get out in the sunlight because the UV light kills the virus. That is a false statement. None of these countries have urged their citizens to get out the sunlight. Now, I do believe the sunlight does kill the virus. Don't you think that has an impact, uh, Hina? Yeah, I mean, I think it does. But the thing is, we cannot follow, like, looks like they're following Trump's advice. Right. And yes, the sun does, does kill the virus. But if you're not in a state with, you know, the sunlight is not quite there yet. Say you're in Washington State. Yeah. So <laughs> you still have to use the precautions that the scientists are telling you. Exactly. And then and he the goes data. on to say, yeah, and he goes on to say social social distancing is not practiced as much in these countries. Totally untrue. Because they believe that it actually strengthens your immune system to be around other people. That is simply untrue. We do not have Herd immunity, the whole idea of developing herd immunity, you have to have a 70% threshold for herd immunity, and we're not going to get there anytime soon. Um, and then he says they also do not have flu shots, totally untrue, because they believe that flu shots actually compromise your immune system, making you more susceptible to coronavirus. That is simply a complete falsehood. Um, and I'm assuming that the author is blatantly ill-informed and disseminating totally false information, most likely to regurgitate, I like, I love the word regurgitate, regurgitating <laughs> Dr. Buttar, an osteopathic physician who is patently opposed to all vaccination. He has stated if you received a flu shot in the past 10 years, you will test positive for COVID-19, and that is a completely different virus. 
So I just wanted to share that. If you got that email or if you got this other email and you want to go to Olympia to protest your liberty, uh, your liberty does not outweigh my safety. You cannot get up in the crowded movie theater. Well, there are none right now. But you cannot get up in a crowded movie theater and ho- holler fire. You do not, That is not your freedom of speech. So yeah, that's what they're doing tomorrow, looks like, basically to protest, you know, the government in Sleece, stay home, you know, restrictions that he's expended. And right. also the Republicans have sued Governor Inslee. For- I know, it's silly. I mean, it's ridiculous. So um, there's, there are a lot of things that we need to take uh, take into uh, effect, you know, into things. And you, did you have anything else you wanted to say regarding um, uh, the way that scientists are working together, the way that, I mean, I have a lot of hope. I have a, a lot of very positive feelings that there's going to be things coming out of this that are going to be very beneficial for us. And, you know, like I have people, oh, I'm so bored. I can't stand it. I've been binge watching. Go inside and meditate. You don't have yeah. to have everything outside of you. Yeah. And I think Trump, the worst thing that he did, obviously pulling out of the WTO. Um, yeah. Um, so he's not funny. World tra- not yeah. With- so, right. I mean, in a time of crisis like this, He's going to not participate. What? So then, if the Europeans come out with the with the vaccine with the cure, are they going to say sorry? You don't get it because you didn't you didn't help us. You didn't participate. Yeah, it it, it concerns me that the citizens of this country. Um, I'm going to be very frank. I am really tired of being ruled by the minority. I mean, for instance, you can look at North Carolina. More Democrats voted, but they have more Republican representation. If you think that that suppressing the vote, uh, gerrymandering, uh, preventing people from voting, all of these things, if you think that's the way you what you have to do to win, shame on you. Absolute shame on you. When the vast majority of this country has a completely different view and we're being run by the minority who is so hateful and so filled with anger i'm tired of it who who the heck thinks it's okay to march into a state legislature like in michigan armed and threaten the legislators why aren't these people being arrested yeah that's what i'm wondering i bet if they were muslims they'd be arrested well let's let them go to the white house you know that's where they should be protesting actually right and see if they get past the um the security right and Trump, he would run for cover. I'm sure he wouldn't be there answering, you know, their demands. I mean, let's put well, it to the... but they think... No, but they're not demanding anything of him. He's their hero. <laughs> um, I mean, I just had a, a, an email from a woman who said... Because I had this whole thing about states going bankrupt. I have an issue when, when Mitch McConnell talks about states should go bankrupt. Wait a second. States like Washington, California, New York, you know, we put more money into the coffers of this country, into the Treasury, and we take less out. States like Kentucky, Georgia, for instance, they put less in and they take more out. Now, I don't think, well, there may be some, but I'm not one of them. People in Washington State or California, New York feel like, well, we put more in. You guys shouldn't be taking our money. I don't have that view. I think that people who need help should be given help. I don't think it's complicated. I have a little more. I can put more in the pot. You you need a little more? Go ahead and take it. But don't turn around and tell me that you're all, you're all good and we're all bad. Like, no, man, we're the generous ones. So we're saying, if you need it, go ahead. But then you're going to turn around and say the states should file bankruptcy. Well, what if... What if uh, states like California, the fifth largest economy on the planet, what if they just say, well, you know what? We're not going to send any of our money to the United States Treasury. We're going to keep it here in our state for our citizens. What? Does that make any sense? No. And he's, you know, he's basically forgetting that it is the United States of America. It's not. That's right. And when you say these supplies we're keeping for us, who is us? It's the United States 
states. The people live in different states. And whoever needs help needs to receive help. Not because you like them politically or not. That doesn't matter at all. If you need help, I want to give you help. I don't care if your views are totally polar opposite of mine. I'm going to reach my hand out to you. Because I'm a human being and I have humanity and I care what happens to you. And if you can't care what happens, and if you don't see every other human being as your brother and sister, shame on you. Don't tell me you're metaphysical. Shame on you. I am tired of it. I'm tired of people telling me, oh, you know, uh, these people are so great and there's all these plots against us. And you know what? Let it go, people, and just start loving each other. How hard is that? Yeah. Well, and remember, remember when he said, was it back in March, that everyone that that wanted a test could get a test. It, you know, yep. they're they're just beautiful, just like his phone calls to Russia. And now, you know, he has the luxury of being tested every single day, ever since, you know, going back on the latest news. Yesterday, one of his aides, Azale, which the valets are members of um, an elite military unit dedicated to the White House and to work close with the president and his family. So they travel with them. They even serve meals, right? So right. now all of a sudden, he's realizing or he's using words like testing and tracing. That's because now he is scared, right? But he has Yeah, because one of his guys turned up positive for COVID-19. Yes. And today, as President Pence was getting on this flight to Iowa to go speak to some religious you know, leaders, the flight got delayed and they pulled off one of the um, one of the A's that tested negative yesterday, but it's positive today. And, so, and what you're saying is like super important, Pina, because I was on a, a call with Senator McSally uh, here in Arizona. Now, whether, you know, I'm in the same political view as her or not, it doesn't matter. She's still my senator. Yeah. And um one of the things that they said that she said that was really good, and she had a good person from the University of Arizona on who knew what he was talking about. You can test negative today and positive tomorrow. So the, what they're what they're they're saying here, uh, one what is the other test that just measures to see if you've had it? What's that test called? Uh, oh shoot! And they're developing it at the University of Arizona. Do you know what I'm talking about, Eric? Um, there's a test that measures if you've had it. Oh, testing the antibodies. That's uh, it, the antibody mm, test. Yeah. Yeah. Now, they release some of those antibody tests that approve, without approval that aren't good. But there are ones that are being developed. And I know it's not just the University of Arizona. I know other universities are doing the same thing. Uh, I just happen to know about that one. And I think that they say they can supply 5,000 a week of those. That's good. You well, know. and the incubation, the incubation period, you know, they were saying two weeks, 14 days, but now they're not quite sure. It could last That's true. You know, three or four weeks, depending on the person, just like the ones that are infected, you know, they say, okay, 14 days, but then yet there are people that 55 days later, like my niece in Italy, still testing positive. Well, look at Chris Cuomo. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I honestly... Sometimes he irritates me on the news, but honestly, I think he's doing a huge service to to be broadcasting this and his symptoms and his wife's and his son's. Oh yeah, I I mean, you know, and so- sharing that information with the public, I think that that is a huge service to us. And the very and- day that he got that he got the news, he went on to do the show because he knew how important it was. For people to look at somebody right on TV, right. say I have it, and this is what I'm going to go through. And I think that's uh, that's very positive. Instead of coming up, folks, there's a lot of misinformation. Please check it out, and don't check it out on Facebook. <laughs> you know, talk to people who know. Doctor Butar is a, a avid, I mean, rabid, rabid anti-vaxer. So, you know, get some good, solid information. Uh, like, like I said, I'm not for all vaccines, but I want you to take a look and see which, which one does this and which one does that. But, uh, you know, I, 
that are safe than sorry. And we do have to be cautious about what we put into our bodies and all. Uh, that email that uh, that I got that um, I, I said was patently false, please pay attention. You get an email like that, look at it. Uh, the other email that's going out and talking about your liberties, well, your liberty doesn't extend to my extend to my health. In 1918, one of the main things that worked in 1918 to stop the Spanish flu was wearing masks. So if I wear a mask that's just a, you know like a surgical mask, it's not a, a, an N95. If I wear that, that protects you from me. But if you're wearing the same thing, we're you, we're both protected. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, on that on that subject, the most appalling thing that I saw today is I turned the TV on to look at the news. Here is Trump, right? After his aide got tested positive yesterday, the vice president's aide also today tested positive. So it's basically invading the White House. He shows yes, up and the on the TV, and he's doing a ceremony with the World War II veterans. And they're lined up right on the back of him. Yeah, they did elderly, elderly yeah. people. World in War II in their nineties, and he's not wearing a mask, and he's talking and breathing. Right? They use the on social them. distancing, but I mean the disrespect for these, you know, these veterans who heroes for their lives. It was so Sorry. disturbing when I saw that, and some were even in wheelchair. They had survived World War II. They're in their nineties. And here he is, you know, basically, I don't know how I summoned them to participate, which wasn't necessary. And he's disrespecting them that way. I mean, it'd be interesting. Well, they're only props. Them. They're just props. It's, you, you don't seem it's to understand. True. They don't matter as human beings. Uh, the same, I don't know if I if I actually said this. I know we're going to have to have to take a break here. But... Um, this whole bankruptcy thing, uh, I had a woman send me, I I think the state should go bankrupt and blah, 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 and all of that. And I, and I had sent back, I said, um, well, and the present law doesn't allow for a state to go bankrupt. She sends me back, well, here's the law that says a municipality can go bankrupt. Da, da, da. Oh, she started the email with, I just wish you were as smart as you think you are. And I answered back, well, Miss Smarty Pants. <laughs> I at least know the difference between a municipality and a state. <laughs> All the laws you're sending to me refer to a municipality. That, my dear, is a city or a town. It is not a state. So, uh, you know, again, she sends me this whole list of things. Every single thing says municipality. So I may not be the smartest person around. I may not be the brightest bulb in the pack, but I do know the difference between a muni municipality and a state. Just <laughs> just saying. <laughs> so uh, we're still having fun no matter what. And we are going to take a short break here at Susan Harmon Experience. Thank you so much, Pina, for joining me and sharing that information. Uh, stay tuned for more interesting news. We're going to have uh, some other, another guest coming up later before the end of the show. Stay well, tuned for Susan Harmon Experience. Thank me. you. Thank Bye. you so much. Bye. Are you ready to become comfortable in your own skin? The Vast Institute's encouraging curriculum is designed to infuse your world with optimism and creative life solutions. Our four pillars of learning provide a holographic toolkit taking you to the next level. If you're ready to experience a quality of life currently beyond your imagination, call us at 206-935-7872 or visit our website at vastinstitute.com to discover how to enrich your life at work or play. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Mance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. Susan Harmon is offering her skills as an intuitive counselor, medium, and energy healer via phone or Skype with her audience at a reduced rate of $40 for the first half hour. Susan listens to your guidance and gives what is needed for you in the present moment. Email susan at susanharmon.com 
and put I love the Susan Harmon Hour in the subject line. This is a limited time offer, so set up your appointment by emailing susan at susanharmon.com today. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Alternative Talk 1150. You are listening to Susan Harmon Experience. Susan speaking here and uh, talking to Eric. God, I am so lucky to be working with you. Oh, thank you. I feel the same <laughs> way about you. Yeah, I appreciate it. And so, I, go ahead. I, can I just say that it gives sure. me hope uh, when I when I hear you debunking these things. Because I see a lot of this stuff, like, on Facebook, too. And it's, right, and, right. And, it, you know, it, it drives me nuts, makes me want to pull my hair up. But I think, I think <laughs> well, how many people actually believe it? And it's, you know, there there's not that many, thankfully. And then when I hear people actively working at, to, you know, debunk that stuff, it gives me hope that the majority of us have not lost our minds. Thank so, you. So let me well, just I, say that. I haven't had You're giving a mind. me hope. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I haven't had a mind for a very long time. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not lost. It's just off wandering around somewhere. You know? um, I did want to mention uh, Bernie Sanders uh, was doing a, a, a thing last night on uh, prisons. And we did a show several weeks ago, remember, uh, a newly released prisoner talking about COVID-19 and prisons, what a vulnerable population that is. Uh, we had Vic, Victory Lundquist on, and I want to apologize publicly right now for misspelling her name. It's L uh, L O, not L U, and uh, I apologize for that. We put it on uh, on the blog with the misspelled name, and that's my fault. I I ha- for some reason I had it misspelled in my uh, on my phone, so uh, I wanted to apologize for that. But I, I love that Bernie is doing that. I love that McSally is concerned about indigenous people. Uh, you know, I love the people wherever they are in the political spectrum. I mean, McSally and Sanders are not, you know, in the same place on the political spectrum, but they're both doing something positive to make a difference. And that's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, we're supposed to be helping each other. So... I think uh, him doing that, but there's, I got another email from Amnesty International. Amnesty International is an amazing uh, organization. I mean, it really does a tremendous amount. And I have tremendous concerns for the cruelty that ICE detention centers are doing uh, to uh, immigrants. It It is just so uh, unreasonable uh, what is going on uh, there. Uh, you've, they're basically killing people. I mean, they, they literally are, and for no reason other than the people seeking asylum. And that, uh, I, I can't tell you how much uh, it's upsetting to me because uh, it's, it's just so human beings who are seeking asylum should not have to uh, face death in a detention center for no other reason than looking for asylum. I am I've had it, again, I've had it with a lot of people, but I've had it when I hear someone who's, quote, metaphysical, unquote, saying, well, if they hadn't brought their children here, this wouldn't have happened. No, they bring their children here because of the policies that we've set up in these countries. And right now, what they're doing is inhumane, and it's against international law. I mean, we are, there's, they're locking up over 300 families families in arbitrary and prolonged detention centers. There's three facilities specifically that uh, uh, Amnesty International is talking about. The Burks Family Detention Center in Pennsylvania and Dilly and Carn City in Texas. Uh, children are only not supposed to be held more than 20 days. These families have been there some of these seven, eight months. They've been here a long time. Uh, so now there's a, a global pandemic 
And they, the COVID-19 infection in crowded conditions with inadequate hygiene and negligent medical care is insane. Uh, what people aren't getting, they're not just like, oh, I want a better job. No, they're escaping from horrendous conditions. Now, Paolo, uh, these are made up names. And her one-year-old son, Jose, she's 20 years old. She was feeling, uh, fleeing horrific abuse at the hands of her kidnapper and domestic abuser in Guatemala. So while she is contained, her infant son was subject to, she and her son were subject to a rapid deportation program and were never provided the opportunity to seek legal assistance. They were told by uh, the uh, Border Patrol that, uh, the lawyers aren't working right now because of coronavirus. Okay, so with the air conditioning blasting in the tents, they slept on a floor with a mat and aluminum blanket. So this one-year-old baby has respiratory issues. He became ill. He was tested positive for flu, and he developed breathing problems. They had him in the hospital for five days on a breathing machine, and he spent his first birthday hospitalized under uh, the Border Patrol custody. Now he's contained... Uh, in the ICE facility in in Dili, and he's deteriorated again, suffering a cough and restricted breathing. So then there's another mother and uh, and daughter. So she's 22. Her daughter is uh, three years old. They fled Honduras after repeated threats against their lives. Her father, the uh, her her partner, uh, Anna's partner, who is Victoria's father, uh, was murdered because of his political beliefs. They requested asylum in the U.S. over seven months ago. These people are fleeing a death sentence. Uh, they have since been locked up in immigration detention uh, behind bars. This little baby, this little three-year-old, is asthmatic, and she's at high risk for COVID-19. They refuse to release them. Uh, her mom has been suffering from ovarian cysts that have pained her every day for months, and she hasn't received any a medical care for this. Uh, she uh, is trying to stay strong for her little girl, but this baby, this little three-year-old is having anxiety attacks, nightmares, and she's now wetting the bed. She never wet the bed before. Uh, she's started pinching and biting herself and chewing on her clothes. The Dilly psychologist told Anna this was, quote, normal. I don't know where that's normal, and I don't know who would say that, but, uh, you know, enjoy the paycheck you're getting because uh, you should be ashamed. I, there's a lot of shame to go around here, people. Uh, so this has just taken a severe toll on her life. And then there's another another one that they're mentioning here. Carla's 43 and her daughter's 15. They left Honduras after being targeted because of their religion and their political beliefs. And they refused to submit to the gangs. Well, they've been detained more than seven months. Uh, Carla and Catherine both have serious medical issues that cause them continuous pain and deteriorating health. So uh, ICE was repeatedly told about these uh, conditions. Doctors initially thought Carla had uh, tuberculosis, but they uh, never confirmed this diagnosis, even though they put her in isolation. Um, Catherine uh, has heart attacks. She's, she suffered several cardiac uh, attacks and struggling to breathe. Uh, her mother was told that until she turns purple, don't even bring her to us. So she also suffers from severe gastritis. She vomits multiple times a day. Uh, she can't keep her food down and requests for dietary accommodations have been ignored. This is, this is so disheartening to me. It's really hard for me to even talk about this stuff. So this 15-year-old lives in constant fear that she's going to be returned to Honduras. And she says she would rather die locked up in this detention center than go back there because she's going to die either way. So she's either going to die locked up in a detention center or she's going to die by the people that she's going to go back to Honduras and who are going to kill her. So this is the shining city on the hill, folks. This is our country. This is not who we are. And I want it to stop. I, anything you can do, join Amnesty International, do something. But quit saying mean, horrible, nasty things and act like you're metaphysical. You are not metaphysical if you think it's all right to do this to little babies. I have spoken. So. All right.
Well, I'm sorry. I'm not sure if you saw my message, but our next guest is on the line. Oh, great. Great, great. Victory Lundquist. So sorry I spelled your name incorrectly. I'm, I'm going to keep apologizing forever. No problem. Stop <laughs> the bug, you? my friend. Stop the bug. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, things are going so well, Susan. I, you know, I, I heard, I heard your emotional outcry and, and I feel you sister. And, you know, the other side of that are really wonderful things are happening. Lots of good people are coming together. I just met with the owner of the herb farm and Woodenville fire and rescue. And we uh, stop the bug is organizing a gratitude feed for our first responders with herb farm, which I'm sure everybody knows is, probably one of the best restaurants, certainly in Washington State, if not the Northwest, um, which is really amazing. And outdoor research is getting involved and Dairy Gold and some other really wonderful companies to help honor our first responders because we should. And uh, really what started with tragedy in Kirkland, right, and Kirkland Fire walking in completely not knowing that there was even a pandemic happening and being the first one in quarantine. And now we get to honor them for the brave heroes that they are. And they are, and they are, I mean, and the hospital workers every day working with people with COVID-19 separated from their own families, their own children, because they don't want to carry the, the disease back to them. That's right. That's right. Yes, and so we're really grateful to be a part of that. Um, our tribal outreach is going really well. We just uh, we landed 10,095 um, into Arizona to be staged into the Stop the Bug area, which is so fantastic. Um, we are now partnered with Doctors Without Borders. Um, oh, thank God. Oh, I, I'm so honored. <laughs> I tell you, I've I've had two dreams in my life. Well, three. One is to meet Arvel Looking Horse, and I had Thanksgiving at his house, which blew my <laughs> mind. The, the second is the Dalai Lama, who I've met, and the third is to work with Doctors Without Borders. And so now I'm happy. I I can die happy. I I. So your bucket list is complete. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just so grateful, and they of course are amazing, and we are actually supplying PPE for them. Um, they also do not have a supply of PPE, so uh, we are landing 10,000 face shields by Boston Medical with our partners with Get Us PPE. Everybody's really just coming together to help support our project there to support our tribal nations, which, which you know, really need the support that they're not getting from local government and from federal government. I appreciate that, and please tell us more about that. I remember you telling me, too, about a tribe of 300 this couple of weeks ago that 80 had uh, COVID-19, and I cannot remember the name of the tribe, um, but I remember my concern that it's not just people with COVID-19, but losing a whole culture. Yeah, so that's Villa. Uh, Villa is in the New Mexico area, and it's really the Four Corners area in general is just being brutally hit. You know, you have the Navajo, the Hopi, uh, which, of course, the Navajo uh, we say Diné, right? Um, the 19 Pueblos, we have Via is in there, Zuni, the Havasupai, the Southern Ute. Um, so a lot of, uh, excuse me, Paiute, um, a lot of the tribal nations down there are just getting hit. And we crunched the numbers in Gallup, New Mexico, just to give you an idea of those numbers. Every one in 1,000 people in New York have COVID. Every 46 in 1,000 have COVID in Gallup, New Mexico. It's huge. I mean, we talk about New York, but there's no spotlight on these hidden people. Right. Yeah. And and also, that's an urban setting, right? So there, yes. there is, you can call a different company to drop off water and food. Well, you can't, you can't do that out on a mesa, you know, three hours nope. from nowhere. And so you have communities without running water. You have communities with arsenic in their water that already existed before a pandemic. Um, And it's a much harder uh, and more complicated project to try to get food, water, diapers. I mean, they have no diapers and um, such essentials to these to, to people in need. So if people here in Arizona wanted to donate diapers, for instance, or donate uh, uh, cases of water or, you know, gallon jugs, how, how would be the easiest way for them to contribute those items? 
Sure. So they can contact us at uh, stopthebug.org. So uh, stopthebug.org. They could also email info at stopthebug.org. We have an Arizona chapter of Stop the Bug on Facebook, which they could find as well. And we have okay. The exception here. to the exception to my rule of staying off Facebook is go on for Stop the Bug. Go ahead. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Um, yeah. So we are organizing area efforts to make sure that they get on the ground. I also really want to give love to Angels Flight West, who has offered to fly PPE free of charge to rural oh. areas and tribal communities. Havasupai, for example, can't be reached because they're on a canyon. So. It's either a helicopter ride or an eight-hour hike. Um, And so they're willing to fly that PPE for Stop the Bug out to those tribal communities. So um, So can they just lower a a line with uh, cargo down, (laughs) like from a helicopter? Is that possible or what? (laughs) I'm sure they'll come up there. I'm just asking. I have this visual. Right. There's people a lot smarter than me that will figure that out. But, you know... (laughs) And certainly, I really encourage people in the Arizona area to also reach out to the tribes directly, you know. And New Mexico. Yeah, of course. Yep. In in New Mexico, Colorado, Colorado, the whole Four Corners area. Um, And really support the tribes during these times. You know, we we certainly have uh, people on the ground that are doing that, and we're happy to send you those resources or, you know, find them directly. Either way, we just want to get the people help that need help. There are so many vulnerable populations. We have people in immigration detention centers. We have people in prison, uh, some for just very minor things that are being exposed to COVID-19. We have tribes that need help. We have uh, elders that need uh, assistance. There has to be one area in here that strikes any person listening that you can do something. You know, if everybody gave 10 bucks, do you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, Standing Rock, I remember, I remember I did not have a lot of money at that time, but I sent school supplies up there. You know, I sent paper and, and, and new pens and pencils and do you know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. so many ways that we can help. Get, water is huge. You're up on that Mesa. You need water brought in. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and, you know, our overall efforts are nationwide. So uh, that is our Four Corners project. But we're also reaching other tribal nations um, as well. And we're working with vulnerable populations such as homeless. Um, We have a lot of outreach sobriety clinics that are vulnerable populations, um, people that have double morbidity where they have diabetes and are immunocompromised, those are people that we are getting PPE and, and masks to as well. So really whatever people's passion is, if they go to Stop the Bug, they'll see the different divisions we have and, and they can, you know, certainly support in that way. And even if you have no money, you can sew a mask. You know, there's so many That's things right. you can do. And you guys have the best things on masks I've seen anywhere. So, uh, you know, on how to make them, what materials to use. We are almost out of time. If you have one quick thing you want to say before we go off the air, I would appreciate it. Sure. I would just say, um, first of all, thank you. Thank you for listening, and thank you for hearing us at Stop the Bug. We are all volunteer nonprofits, so we're people just like you that really want to help and make a difference, and you certainly can. We'd love you to be part of the team to help Stop the Bug. As always, Susan Harmon Experience wants to debunk misinformation and give you things that you can do that make a positive difference in this world. And my friends, the one thing I want you to do as you go forth, whether you're hanging out in the house, out in your backyard, or even dancing in your car, that, my friends, is to keep on dancing. <laughs>